Hello, and welcome to Sideshow. I'm Jock. I'm Joe! Yeah! You ready for some football? God damn it! I make no apologies that this Sideshow is going to be all about, you know, Super Bowl 52 and mostly slanted in the uh, New England Patriots direction. Um... Joe, we did a preseason look at uh, at the season, and we pretty much nailed it. A lot of people were saying sixteen and zero. That's before Edelman went down. We we came in saying fourteen and two, going you know going uh, team by team, game by game. But you were the one that said probably thirteen and three because the, the the last three games were against Buffalo, the Jets, and Miami, and whether they're gonna. Rest guys at the end or just lay an A because they tend to in one of those games. That's exactly what it was. But we both expected them to be back in the Super Bowl. Yep. I uh, I kind of blew it. I thought Atlanta would, you know, get further than they did. I'm pleased to see that we're it's at least it's a rematch of sorts. We're a rematch thirteen years in the making or fourteen years in the making. But. Uh, and and the uh yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of like the the more things change, the more they stay the same. The last time the Patriots played the Eagles in the Super Bowl, the Patriots were looking to win their third Super Bowl in four years. Won it, didn't win it, going back to back. And that's exactly 14 years later, they're looking at the exact same scenario where, you know, and and that's, you know, has fueled the, you know, is Brady going to end his thing? He's not. We know that. But to bookend winning three out of four years at the beginning of his career and at the end, would that be storybook? No, shut up. Who's ever saying that? But yeah, the last time they played the Eagles, they were going for uh, back-to-back championships, and, and it hadn't been done since Dallas had done it a decade earlier. The last time a team went back-to-back in the Super Bowl, it was the Patriots beating the Eagles, beating the... Terrell Owens Eagles back in Super Bowl 38. Another more things change and more they say the same halftime show, Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah. Now, we all know what happened the last time JT took the stage. But, but, but remind the folks who haven't. Well, let's see. Kids, come on over to the speaker and uh, let me tell you a tale of a, of a woman named Janet and a man named Justin. And Janet Jackson sang a song at the halftime of the Super Bowl back in 2005. So there was the uh, now infamous, that was produced by MTV. And I think they had produced a couple of, I don't know if this was their, maybe it was their first, but they had produced this halftime show. It was an extravaganza. I forget who all the, there was Aerosmith there as well. I don't remember. I think Janet Jackson was the main Draw. Yes. I mean, yeah. J- Justin Timberlake was not Justin Timberlake yet. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, coming up and he was a, a name, and that's why they put him on stage with Janet Jackson. But he was there to sort of, as sort of a featured star. Right. And Janet Jackson was singing a song, and uh, she, of course, at the end, when they were dancing along with the song, Janet poses at the end, and Justin puts his hand on her breast area and tears away a piece of the action exposing a breast with a um some sort of was it a pasty yeah Yeah, over her nipple and um you know it was a quick cutaway it probably lasted in real time like half a second but it was enough for the fcc to come down and um basically oh oh, the outpouring of my children right will anybody think of the children what was very interesting, uh, DirecTV had, had, and TiVo was a newer thing. You know, d- recording live television was a newer thing. And they had said that, no, they don't track what you're recording and what you're watching and all this stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they turn around, it's like, yes, it was the most replayed thing in TiVo history. But we don't know that because we, we don't track it yet. We think. <laughs> we think. And so, anyways, but yeah, it's so funny that. You know, these these Super Bowls are booked a year in advance, you know, so just coincidentally, the last, I mean, the odds of, you know, the Eagles playing the Patriots, I mean, it was a pretty good guess, the Patriots are going to get there. Not so much the Eagles. No, but okay, so we have Justin Timberlake doing the halftime show. Hopefully, uh, ladies, we'll see a wardrobe malfunction of his own. Uh, And now you you actually said before we started recording, you're going to watch this halftime. Dude, honestly, we watch. Well, 
Okay, we didn't watch the last halftime show. We saw it, we caught the end of it because, you know, we were outside trying to... Being depressed. We were being depressed, but then also trying to strategize how the Patriots are going to pull off the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, Uh, which wasn't yet the Super Bowl. They were down 20... They were only down 21 to 3. It was completely plausible that they were going to come back at that point. Yeah, so we didn't see the halftime show. Yeah, that was a Lady Gaga one, which was a good show, by the way, I guess. But, yeah, I, I like Justin Timberlake when he's on stage. If... He's there. I'm not going to go to a Justin Timberlake concert. I'm not right. going to watch a Justin Timberlake. We special. love him on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, exactly. If if he's around and if he if he's some, on something that I'm watching, I'm not going to go. Oh, f- that, fuck that guy. Right. He's great on Saturday Night Live as an actor and and when he dances things uh, as a performer on it. Great on Jimmy Fallon. I mean, just really really and funny. He can sing a catchy tune. God damn it. Uh, okay, so let's let's get back into the game. So the Patriots opened at a five and a half point favorite. The Patriots last week got a lot more than than a lot of people thought they were going to handle. I think the Patriots were a nine-point favorite at home against the Jaguars last week, who, you know, the Patriots, you know, came in with the with the best record in the AFL, uh, the AFC, <laughs> and they uh, they demolished the Titans in round two, the divisional round. And the AFC Conference Championship, they came in as a nine-point favorite, and people thought, oh, well, the Jaguars have this great D, but they haven't played anybody. Blake Bortles is one of the lower-ranked quarterbacks in the league. And truly, it, it came down to another Brady down by 10 points, no Gronk. And as Gronk the week before had referred to him as Danny Playoff Amendola yep. comes to the rescue. Yeah, that was a wonderful game. It's going to be a great Super Bowl. It, it, if history teaches us anything, it's to never turn off any game in which Tom Brady is playing before, I would say, uh, 0-0 left on the clock in the fourth quarter. Maybe. Maybe. Even then. Because of overtime in the Super yeah, Bowl exactly. last year. Right. So, so the Patriots had a lot more on their hands than they thought they were going to, or than the media and the, and the commentators and everybody thought the Jaguars were going to you know, come up to New England and get demolished. On the other hand, the Eagles, for a second week in a row, were underdogs at home, which being an underdog in the a home underdog in the NFL is rare. It is, it is truly a rarity. If you knew a lot about gambling, and you know, let's say somebody, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, like me who comes from a long line of January gamblers, knows one of the safest bets in pro sports is betting on the home team underdog to cover. It is one of the safest bets. It's like, you know, whether it's baseball or basketball or hockey, betting against a West Coast team coming east playing back-to-back games because it's never the first night. It's always the second night, the jet lag, and everything gets up with you. That's one of the golden rules of gambling. The other is always bet the home team NFL underdog to cover. So – the Eagles, who Carson Wentz, their their quarterback, was truly neck and neck, and, and I'll admit it, was ahead of Brady in the MVP race this regular season. Goes down in week 12, week 13. He was having a hell of a season. And Nick Folds, who actually made it to Pro Bowl three seasons ago, but he's a backup. He's going to be a career backup, comes in and wins two of their last three games. You know, they sat everybody week 17 because they had home field wrapped up. So they had a buy in the wild card, but they hosted your beloved Falcons in the divisional round. And the Falcons, you know, Matt Ryan is coming off an MVP season last year. This year he struggled out of the gate, but was good. They uh, are favored in Philadelphia. And seriously, Philadelphia's defense, it, it was it was kind of one of those, I want to say, going back two weeks, I think the score was 15 to 9. You know they they held the they held the high powered Falcons offense to three field goals. I think I think that was it. It was maybe fifteen ten, but I think it was fifteen nine. And so this past weekend they were home and yet an underdog again to the Minnesota Vikings, who are also on their backup quarterback. So it was a battle of two backup quarterbacks. But in Philadelphia, I was a little surprised that the Vikings were the favorite. You know, being a dome team outside in the cold. And again, the Eagles didn't win the game. They completely embarrassed. I mean, it was one of those games. It was over at halftime. 
Really, I thought it was over in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was there was a uh, there was a strip sack return for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and pick it six o- and only got worse it, from well, there. It was the pick six, which was a great run back. Um, it, it was just an embarrassment for the Vikings, unfortunately. But what are you going to do? Them's the breaks. So, so you got the Eagles, who, despite having the best record in the NFC, despite having home field throughout, were underdog in both their home games. They come in five and a half point. You know, that was the betting line. However, what's been interesting is a lot, as this is recording, this is the Saturday, this is eight days. We're eight days from the Super Bowl. Uh, This past week, serious, absolute serious bets. You know, one bet of multiple millions of dollars placed at the MGM Grand on the Eagles to cover, which has now moved the betting line down to four and a half. (laughs) Oh, wow. So all so far, all the money's coming in on on the Eagles. And again, you know, the Patriots have played in six Super Bowls. All but the last one has been decided by three or four points. And the only reason the last one was won by six points, it was a touchdown in overtime. But but I mean, you don't get much closer than an overtime, you know, yeah. uh, a, a win. So the Patriots have never covered or either way, even when they won, when they were 14 points underdog to the Rams in 2001 Super Bowl, you know, obviously that spread was was no uh, no good. Uh-huh. Uh, when they lost in 2007, the worst day of my life, February 3rd, 2008. Never forget. You were a 14-point favorite going into that Super Bowl. But anyway, so all the betting money is coming in, and it's moved the line. And as of this morning, the over-under was 48 is the over-under, which is... Interesting because, you know, both of their defenses have been pretty good. But then again... Maybe their defenses are so good they're scoring touchdowns. Well, knock on wood, Patriots don't tend to turn the ball over like other teams do. So, you know, I, I'm hoping. But then again, last year, Brady did throw a pick six in, in, in the Super Bowl. His, he's, thr- he's thrown more interceptions in the Super Bowl than any other round. Here's a fun, and I was telling Joe this before, a statistical anomaly in the seven previous Super Bowl appearances by Tom Brady never scored a point in the first quarter. Well, he doesn't need to. He saves them all for the fourth. <laughs> Seriously, if you were a network executive and, and you wanted to script, well, you know what? Because you remember all through like the 90s and even like the early 2000s, so many of the Super Bowls were Blowouts. over by halftime. Right, exactly. So the networks wised up. They said, look, let's not tell the audience that Luke Skywalker is the son of Darth Vader in the first half. <laughs> you know, Let's save that nugget for the end. Um, no, but I mean, in all seriousness, it's just the way the Patriots roll. I don't know if it's just that they're playing more conservatively up front. Maybe they take a quarter or so to get their bearings and sort of judge exactly how to fucking eviscerate their their opponent. What would you think would the be the other quarters? way? Like they would come, like because of the experience, they they're they're more prepared to come out. But it is interesting where you know we were just talking about Justin Timberlake. One of the reasons halftime shows became a big thing was because people were done at halftime. The games were truly over by halftime, and it gave people a reason to kind of hold on through. And also, people left at halftime. You know what I mean? People turned away and stuff like that. One of the other big things is commercials really helped make the Super Bowls in the years. I mean, now it's just such a staple that, you know, it's it's been, what, 20 years since Super Bowl commercials have become a thing? I think it's 84. I remember 80 because I remember the 1984 Macintosh. Macintosh. But that's when they used to, you used to hype big commercial releases like back then. Yeah. Uh, And and, and it still holds true to today. Yeah, no, I agree. So here's another fun, fun fact. ESPN had a big, uh, one of those polls with like a map. There are only five states. And the entire U.S. rooting for the New England Patriots. There's only five states, and one of the five states is North Dakota. (laughs) So the New England Patriots don't even get all six of the New England states. Connecticut and Vermont are not pulling for the Patriots. And and Vermont, what's your fucking problem? Connecticut is split between New York, uh, Giant fans, Philly fans. I mean, it's it's a very you know right. It's part of the tri-state area kind of thing. right. But you know, so we lock up Rhode Island. Uh We got that going for. But what the fuck's wrong with you, Vermont? Yeah, I mean, geez, you know, you think you know a neighbor, and then all of a sudden, (laughs) 
Right. Think about all the Bernie voters that supported your guy. Thank you. And now, so I'm 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 from now on calling Vermont Lower Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, Vermont's just in the way of Montreal, anyways. Yeah. Like, uh, so uh, fuck you, Vermont. And uh, but it, but I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. So last week was the. 24th anniversary of Robert Kraft buying the Patriots. Now, the Steelers have six Super Bowl rings. The Dallas Cowboys have six Super Bowl rings. And the New York Giants have four. And those are household, like, I mean, let's face it, the NFL up into the 2000s was the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So those are the three golden gooses. You know, the, the Mara family, the Rooney family, they are the royalty of royalty. But here's Kraft with like, you know, we're talking like Mayflower money versus uh, lottery winning money. <laughs> like the new, like the Krafts are the new money in the in the NFL hierarchy. They've only owned the team. And I say only because let's face it, the Mara family and the Rooney families have owned those teams. The Ford family, the Ford family have owned the Detroit Lions since 1924. So, I mean, we're close to 100 years the same family has handed down the team. The Steelers have been handed over like three, four generations. The Giants have been handed over three, four, four, five generations. The Kraft family have owned the franchise for 24 years. This is their ninth trip to the Super Bowl in 24 years. Yeah. And? I think it's it's fantastic, fucking yeah. amazing. I think maybe we should probably look into new ownership for the Detroit Lions. Is what, yeah, maybe for Christ's sake, well, maybe get like a you know have a Honda. The Detroit, the Detroit Lions might be turning things around next year because they get our defensive coordinator, you know. Oh, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia go, yeah. you know, he, it, it, they can't announce it till after the Super Bowl. Like, but everybody knows that Josh McDaniels is taking over the Colts, our offensive coordinator, and Matt Patricia is taking over the Lions. Speaking of Matt Patricia, did you see that very uncomfortable? I don't know. It, maybe it was uncomfortable for me to watch, but after the AFC Championship win. A, a real emotional embrace. Or the emotional embrace by Bill Belichick. But then, did you tweet out the photo? The It's like, the look when you're you finally show true emotion and then the immediate regret because right. it shows like Bill Belichick like happy in one fo- in one frame and then the next frame he kind of like looks off in the distance well, while he's hugging Matt. Th- that that's typical Belichick. He celebrated that moment. We're on to Philadelphia, <laughs> right? Well, that's sort of like in Star Trek when Spock thought that Kirk had died and then Kirk walks into the room as. Spock is sort of giving like a you know a farewell speech, and then he turns around and goes Jim, and he's all smiles, and then he like immediately poses himself. Yeah, that's Belichick on the field. What one hundred percent? I mean, even last year they win the Super Bowl, and the very next morning. We're six weeks behind other teams in prepping for the uh, draft. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It's like, you couldn't go 12 hours and enjoy this. You're already. But so back this to this. just in. I'm never happy. So so the uh, so the crafts, like, you understand why fans hate the Patriots, why fans hate Brady, why other owners have to hate Robert Kraft. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, he's still kind of on the newer side of it. But on the other hand, his team... I mean, there are teams, like you said last week, had the Jaguars and the Vikings made it to the Super Bowl, it would have been a first for either both of those franchises to make it that far and to win it. Like, the Vikings have never made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Jaguars, you know, they've only been around for like 25 years. They've never made it. There's a good dozen teams out there that have never made it to the Super Bowl. Again, the Lions have only won, like, they, they this year or last year, for one of their halftime things. It was the 25th anniversary of the, and they brought out the team from 25 years ago that made the playoffs. <laughs> he didn't win that playoff game, yeah. but they were celebrating the last time a team made the playoffs. Right. It was 25 the years. Most ago. viewed Detroit Lions team in franchise history. And so they buy the franchise in 94. At the time, it was rumored they might be moving to St. Louis. St. Louis. Louis. No, Navin Johnson. <laughs> uh, but they um, they bring in Bill Parcells and within a couple years go from being the, you know, the 1 in 15 Patriots to going to play the Brett Favre, 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 Favre Packers in the 96 Super Bowl. 
And then it was a long five-year drought before Tom Brady, you know, wins him their first one. But owned the team 24 years and have made it nine times. And here's the other thing. This is Belichick's 10th trip to the Super Bowl in the last 30 years. Since 1987 to today, and 30 years he's been, that's one out of every three if you keep in score at home. I mean, I don't even think the commissioner has been to 10 Super Bowls. Let's get into uh, the non-football uh, Super Bowl prop bets that that well or, or in, in the Super Bowl prop bets for anybody who doesn't know what a prop bet is shame on you but aside from betting on the winner betting on the point spread betting on the total points scored you can bet on absolutely everything as it should be do you have a favorite prop bet I'm looking at your list my favorite has to be. I'll have to. I mean, this is always a given. The length time for the anthem. I mean, is this is this a joke now? Like, I well, think at at this point, I think people are now self aware of how ridiculously long anthem songs were getting and anthem renditions were getting in the nineties. Well, so 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 as Joe knows, because we did a field trip to a New York Jets game this year. I work, you know, a few games a year with the NFL and anthems, and they about six, seven, seven, eight years ago, really cut it down to 90 seconds. And it doesn't, it really doesn't matter who you are. And you can only count on one hand the number of times in the last 10 years that an anthem has gone over. And one went over in Detroit for like a Thanksgiving game a couple years ago. It was a three minute one, but you do. Was that Aretha Franklin? It it? was. And and that's the thing. It's like, who's going to tell Aretha Franklin, all right, you got to hurry this up. Right. In in Motown. Who's telling Aretha Franklin? Franklin in Motown. All right, sweetheart, we got to shorten this thing up. We got a guy who commercial around. I'm hoping it's a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so this year you got Pink singing the national anthem, which is just interesting. But some of the prop bets are: what color will her hair be? Oh, uh, what if she has no hair? I don't know if that's one of you know one of the things, but I know blue, like pink, is obviously like the two to one thing. Does she come out bald? Does she come out? With what if blue she has hair? multicolored hair? Yeah, she could go. She uh, she could go the rainbow. Yeah, I, and I don't know how you decide if like you win the better. T- well, that hair had blue in it. Of uh, the length, the length of it. One of the interesting ones. And there's a guy who's on sports radio here a lot. You know, he runs one of the big sports books in Vegas. Bell, I forget his his first name. He says. It is the most amazing thing to be in a Las Vegas casino during the coin flip because the amount of prop bets placed on the coin flip would absolutely make your head spin. Uh, amount is in like volume or like variations on the coin flip? Well, well the, the amount of people who Ooh, bet on the coin heads flip. Heads or tails. Right. That's Th- it. That's it. Literally and a heads or tails the, bet. The, the number of people that bet that and the amount of money spent on something that is completely 100% arbitrary. Luck. You know? Yeah. Well, God forbid that you bet on something that relies solely on luck. I mean, that just goes against all sort <laughs> Everything of... Everything in Vegas. Yeah, that's basically... It goes against all that Vegas stands for. So we talked this past week... A great length about the Justin Timberlake halftime show. Now, some of the front prop bets are who's going to appear with him. Yeah, I mean, what are they? Uh, what are they proposing? Are they in uh... sync? Okay, all right. Well, no, it, he came out with the, no, didn't there? Wasn't there an in sync reunion? Right, but are they going to be on stage with him? At, is Again? he going to come up and do like bye 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 with with in sync? Is Janet Jackson going to make it? Because they haven't yeah. announced who's going to be with them. Like he just did a song with Ti, but but again, and we talked about it already. It's like it's on NBC. Is Jimmy Fallon, who he and Justin Timberlake have had a decades long relationship since Jimmy was doing the news on Saturday Night Live? Will they come out dressed as the brothers Gibb? Uh, I only pray to the Lord Jesus Christ that that happens. Okay. Question for you, Joseph. Would you rather them come out dressed as the Gibb brothers? From the Bee Gees. Or dicks in their box? <laughs> uh, wrong people. Well, but but he, if he came it's out... An, it's Andy Samberg. Right, right. But Justin Timberlake, uh, Justin Timberlake was part of that. Yeah, right. But so, it, so, I, I would be, uh, be confused. But you'd rather the Gibbs. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, here's the other one. This is the one that... I think is going. If I was going to bet, I would probably bet this to happen, 
but I don't know if I'm betting it to happen because I think it actually would or I really want it to. Does he play a Prince cover? And mm. if he does, it has to be Let's Go Crazy. Yeah. I, cause I, mean, I mean, who is the biggest entity? I mean, of course, I'm very partial to the band Husker Du, uh, but who is the biggest artist to ever come out of that era? Of the uh, of of the eighties of the Prince era? No, 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 oh, no, wait. no. I mean, what oh. artists? M- Minneapolis, like oh, like, oh, like, the area, like, oh, yeah. right, Minneapolis. Who is the yeah, biggest. I mean, because everybody on sports radio, because I guess they've opened his house up as now a tourist, a huge yeah. tourist attraction, and everybody on the two competing stations here is talking about like they're all going to it. I I'm mean, pretty sure that's a that's very on the nose. That like Prince's "Let's Go Crazy" is very much on the nose, and very much what the Super Bowl and what the NFL would. Do so. I think that that's like a slam dunk. And you can't you can't open with it. No, no, it comes in. I mean, it's always a medley, and then you probably close on that. I would say you have to close on "Let's Go Crazy" and because just all the confetti alone. Do they pay homage to, mock, or in any way make reference to wardrobe malfunctions? No, the No Fun League. No, right, right. But that's that's. I mean, okay. What is the downside? For Justin Timberlake doing it. He's already cashed a paycheck. Right. The whole world is watching and wants to see that. But, but uh, what's the upside? Like, what? I don't understand. Like, what? It'd be awesome. It's it would upside. be awesome. Yeah. I mean, but Justin Timberlake, it's not a Saturday night. Lauren Michaels isn't producing the halftime show. So it's not like it's going to be. I don't think he has a team of comedy writers in the back going, okay, we've got to punch this up a little bit. I, I'm feeling that this crowd needs a dick no, joke. No, no. But, but uh, well, the fun thing, the interesting thing is, well, Interesting or sad thing is, look at at the trajectory of his career and Janet's career from that moment on. Because she she was villainized for it. Like she did something wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she took the brunt of the scorn of uh, of the media and all the family values people. While Justin, who wasn't Justin yet, basically his career only went up from there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's typical for the woman to be blamed for all the wrongs and ills of society. And, and well, I agree. Shame. Like you had said earlier, had she been home making sandwiches, it wouldn't have happened. When did I say that earlier? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember hearing myself being recorded saying that earlier. Uh, so, some uh, here's some of the other fun prop bets. Uh, how many times will Collinsworth and Al Michaels say "dynasty" in relation to the Patriots? Mm. And how many times will they say "City of Brotherly Love" in reference to Philadelphia? Um, I'll say two if the Patriots win on Dynasty, uh, and I'll say one on "City of Brotherly Love," and Collinsworth will get that one. And and, uh, and then the other ones are uh, okay. The the the, the hands on favorite take take Brady off the board. Give me two players you think because that's one of the prop bets to win the MVP. But don't don't don't, don't say, say Brady. Brady. No, because I mean he's won four of the five. He's uh, depending he's on how many receptions and what kind of reception it is. Amendola, Gronk, he's not playing. Oh no, he'll he'll be there. Mm. He he was at practice today. Okay, yeah. So he was concussed last week. As we're recording this, it's a Saturday. Yeah. It's eight days from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Gronk has not practiced up until today, and it was light participation. He is still in the concussion protocol. There's no way. There's no way the league would not let him. You know, but now, if he runs in the right direction or not, hey, that, that's... But, what if he puts on an Eagles jersey? <laughs> but that's, uh, oh, but no. you're going with, uh, with Danny Playoff Amendola. Why not? That's a pretty good, healthy guess because without Edelman there, I mean, this past week alone, the Patriots were third and 18 on their final drive to, you know, touchdown drive. Third and 18. Who did he go to over the middle? Amendola. The touchdown at the end of the game. So that's a pretty safe bet. I'm, I kind of want to say Gronk. However, I can't imagine a world in which Gronk is a Super Bowl MVP. If he's all over the place now yeah. and in and, and movies and in the offseason, is oh, yeah. like, I mean, he was. This is like a, an Oscar for him. Like it would just up his Q rating. And and we couldn't, we would not be able to get away we from him. Can't contain him. So so that's one of the fun prop bets. Uh, the other prop bets is you know the ones that get bet on a lot is who scores first, like which team scores first. Uh, is it a 
touchdown? Is it a field goal? One one of the prop bets that gives like the most bang for the buck, you can bet on if either team scores three unanswered touchdowns, which in the last Super Bowl happened twice. (laughs) The Patriots drove and and kicked a field goal on their, you know, uh, on the second quarter. And then the Falcons scored three times. And then I can't remember what happens. I remember exactly what happened. Um, so, so that that's that's a, a fun prop bet. Um, I'm gonna say Philly scores first on a field goal. Oh, yeah, fuck mm-hmm. it. Okay, does Bloda show up at the game? No. D- does he tweet during? He the doesn't game? like the NFL. You know, and here's the funny thing. I mean, yeah, he has like the Mercer family. He has the Koch brothers, but the NFL itself, and, and we've talked about this. How many owners? How many NFL owners? Like, I think it was twelve, thirteen, thirteen, fourteen of them that each gave him a million dollars to his campaign last time around. I mean, it was it was kind of bizarre how he decided to villainize them and go after them where only a million dollars really guys okay so so then this will bring up and and podcast down the road well we won't talk about the super bowl at all if it doesn't go well it doesn't exist and we get back to talking about the gilbert godfrey podcast (laughs) uh you know but do you think uh if the pats win or the eagles win do the teams go to the white house yeah, I mean the teams will go. It's just how many of the teams. But will after attend. villainizing the NFL so viciously this season, would they still go and and they'll go to the White House and Trump won't be there or some bull fucking shit? Uh, would Brady go? Who hasn't gone before to the White House? Well, hasn't I don't remember if he's gone during the W administration, but he didn't go. You know, when Obama was there, and he didn't go last year when Blotus was there. He may want to distance himself from the whole Trump. Trumpster fire. The Trumpster, Trumpster fire. fire. But what um what I, I actually speaking of Trump and the anthem and prop bets, what you don't have on here is will there be any kneeling and how many players would kneel? There will be no kneeling. There will be no Patriots kneeling. No, that that absolutely that no. I will go out on a limb and saying. The Eagles, I don't remember them being a big kneeling team. I'd have to think, but that's an interesting question. But I don't. I don't think um, You think Justin Timberlake will kneel? That would be awesome. That would be you think, absolutely. You, I mean, you think Pink will kneel during the anthem? Oh, she should do the oh. whole fucking anthem kneeling. Wow. Seriously. Anyone wants to start a podcast, take my advice. Start a podcast with somebody smarter than you. I'm not smart. It makes I just, it more interesting. Stop. No, dude, that would be fucking awesome. She puts she put on a big fucking afro. She comes out in a big afro. Like she Ka- comes out wearing a, a, Colin a, a, Kaepernick. a Kaepernick jersey. Yeah, she's, playing, she's cosplaying as marry Colin me, Kaepernick. Marry me, Joe. Just marry me. That, <laughs> dude, that is awesome. It's legal, so we can do so. <laughs> that is That would be absolutely great. But uh, just, just, just Yeah, like the NFL's going to go for that. Right. Does, That's happening. No, I mean, wait, look, it's live. You can't stop. Look, okay. They're, gonna, she, they're not going to stop her from kneeling. No, no. If she kneels, they can't cut away from it. No. You know, right. what, you know, once it once it's going on, I wonder if there's like a no on. kneeling clause in the contract. Maybe the NFL, maybe there's they're they're sliding. Okay, dogs. so two years ago, I was with Edward McCain doing a Miami game. It was Miami versus uh, the Bills, and the kneeling thing had just started. You know, I mean, the Kaepernick thing. He was still with San Francisco. It wasn't this year. It was the year before. And about a half hour before he went out there, the games day president came down to the green room and asked him if he was planning on kneeling. And he started like laughing and he's, they're like, no, we, we actually, they didn't make him sign anything saying that, but they did ask him if he was planning on it. But that's interesting if there's come some kind of, but you know what? I think we would have heard about that. Here's my impersonation of pink kneeling during the national anthem. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right. This is my impersonation of Pink kneeling during the national anthem. Oh, okay, I, I what? Oh, that, there... That's our queefing. Okay, I wait, thought that was on. a boo. You know, okay. Okay. no. Wait, wait, wait. The... This is my impersonation of Pink kneeling during the national anthem. <laughs> oh, that's the same one. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus! I thought there was a... No, there's only laughter. There's no boos. Like our podcast, like like like, a, like my our podcast. <laughs> there's no booze on this podcast. Um, well, actually, to finish up with that point, no, I don't think Pink is going to be fucking stupid enough to kneel during the national anthem. Stupid enough? I mean, like she's like, going to get look, blue- look uh, when Blotus tweets out his awful things, and he's doing it just to his base. Like like Fox News treats him like a 
a VJ returning hero. So. Two words. Dixie Chicks. Do you remember what happened to the Dixie Chicks? I do. They they became a much better band. Right. Well, do you know what right? You know what I do. Yeah. They, no, they, they I, were villainized for calling out President Bush and saying that they were embarrassed to be from Texas. And then what happened to their fucking audience? But does Blotus tweet and how much does he tweet and does he tweet once? Um, Unless there's a kneeling incident, in which case, 17 times. Let's move on to the next fun subject. I mean this with all sincerity. I mean this as a lifelong sports fan. I mean this as a person who has seen sporting events all over the globe. Uh, but I've been all over the NFL map for you know from a Monday Night Football game in Oakland. You, you name it, I've been there. Philly fans are the worst fucking human beings outside those at an RNC convention. All they need are tiki torches to round out the image. Seriously, they are... Sorry, Philly fans. No, no. And I I, I have some friends from Philly who will say the same thing. And we're going back to the, the pelting of Santa in 1968. Sure, that's funny and all that stuff. But seriously, you saw the footage. Now, now, Joe and I, Joe and I were living together... In Los Angeles during Laker riots. Uh-huh. When the Lakers were about to win another championship, you stayed home. And I, I just remember, like, they overturned cop cars. Like, they burnt a news van. That I was re- a win. And that was a win, right. Look, look, I mean, Montreal rioted when they won, you know, their, their last Stanley Cup. This is going back a couple decades. Uh, These, uh, Vancouver yeah. rioted when they lost the Stanley Cup. But the Laker riots, and I remember it was the best sports call and I guess it's an old cliche, but one guy was talking like if he was caught in a riot, he would just hit the gas and he doesn't care who he takes out. He's getting out of there because I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. <laughs> and I did the math on that. I'm like, oh, that's good. But no, Laker riots were they were they were crazy. They were I mean, if you have no problem turning over a cop car and burning a news van. But what about Philly fans? You're saying? But Philly fans, if you saw like post the the city of Philly. Philadelphia, and I guess it's a thing there. They had to go down. They ha- they went around town, like the Department of whatever. Was, no, you talking about the Crisco cops? Cr- the Crisco cops. That was a one time. That was a, this was a new thing that they tried. I don't think they were doing it. It wasn't successful because you saw how many people were scaling those like street lights. <laughs> a lot of stuff. people were oh. bitten by radioactive spiders. Apparently in <laughs> Philadelphia, they um, were able to scale those poles with. I mean, just the violence of the fans. Just... I knew they were pole smokers. I didn't know they were pole climbers, too. Oh! That's awful. Awful good. But, but seriously, and since the Eagles have made it, like the city of Minneapolis has already approved overtime and more and, and you know, poli- state police and local police, and they're actually considering: Do they need to have the national guard because they are truly? And, and look, I went to a Super Bowl in Houston without planning on going in. Like my brother and I, and I met some friends, and we just tailgated for days. Like they opened up the parking lots and the parking lots at Justice Stadium, and it was it's a week long party. So yes, I- I'm guessing the average Philly fan isn't going to be able to afford the two three thousand dollar ticket. Minnesota will be fine. Philly, on the other hand, yeah, I don't know. Is it going to snow that day? You know, like what's the weather? But everything's indoors. Everything is at the Mall of America. Like truly, like all the media accessibility, all the player interviews, like Radio Row, all that stuff. But honestly, it's like they are very concerned because they are savage animals. They are. Um, that's and I think a lot of them would agree with you. That's coming from you. No, no, it's a badge of honor at this point. Oh yeah, like like before the game, like I saw on Twitter, a brawl. I mean, an absolute something out of the movie. Twenty plus people punch in the face, kick people on the ground, brawl at the tailgating at the uh, Eagles game. Interesting fact. All wearing Eagles gear. Yeah, <laughs> whatever they were fighting about, you know, and it was. Bills fans are like, dude, you gotta settle down. <laughs> right, exactly. You like, guys are chill out, guys. Sure, it's one thing to light a a folding table on fire and jump at it to from put a it out. moving pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys are fucks. Yeah, right. Just tone it down a notch, right? Uh, Joe, your prediction? I would say it's gonna be another classic nail biter. 
unfortunately for us. So yeah, take some baby aspirin before <laughs> before, before during an after before game. your prediction. Yes, please. Do you hate close nail biter games, or do you hate close nail biter games when you're watching them with me? <laughs> Which is worse? <laughs> Actually, uh, I like them more when I'm watching them with you because you yell what I'm feeling. <laughs> That's why uh, you're just saying what I'm thinking and couldn't possibly yell at that high of a decibel. Um, so, so, so hit me. What, what do you Here's my impression of Jacques watching a game. Ah! That's it. And, 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 and here's, here's, my, here's my impersonation of Joe when I do that. Jacques, that's a coin flip. <laughs> uh, they, they deferred. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, I'm writing it down, Joseph. Hit me with your score. My score, oh man, I'm going to say Patriots, 30, Eagles, 24. Who scores last? Is this a... Patriots. Are the Patriots down 23 to 24 a with a minute left? It's another fucking comeback, unfortunately. Okay. okay. God damn it. I got I to gotta play the odds. I got to play the odds. Before I tell you my prediction, I want to tell you... I watch a lot of games with Joe, and uh, Biff Biff was at the house for the Tennessee game, and it was great because, like Biff had said, he was looking forward to watching the train wreck that is me watching a Patriots game, and it was nice. But the AFC game, I was more worried about the Jaguars than than a, a lot of people were, and I called Joe, couldn't move the pieces around to get together, watch the game, and I decided <clears throat> I'm going to go over to my parents' house who were out of town and watch the game on their big screen. We got a great TV at our house, but I, I didn't want my boys around arguing over which screen is which and who has a switch and just anything. I want it like no pets, no animals, no nobody. Just watch it and pace at my parents' house. And management calls and says, you know, my seven-year-old wanted to come over and watch the game. And I'm like, okay, I'm fine. He's just going to sit in the other room with a screen and not be fighting with his brother, so it's fine. He came over, and it was. And she's like, he's insistent. He's really upset. He wants to watch it with you. This has never happened before. <laughs> like they've been like, oh, Papa, we want to watch the Patriots with you. Not, I think four plays before oh, asking for a screen. I was gonna say did the coin land. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. My dog of 14 years, Loki goes upstairs or goes to the basement. Like, as soon as a game starts, like, he knows before a game starts what's about to happen. Yeah. He gets the fuck out of Dodge. He right. always has. It's like when dogs can predict earthquakes. <laughs> right, like right. That. Is there a typhoon coming? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the little guy, you know, comes over, and God effing bless him. There was no screen. There was no yammering. It was the first time ever we watched a game. Like, he watched a game. Asked questions, but not a lot of questions. Like, you know, was this good? Is this bad? So he wasn't a chick. It was... <laughs> I said that. Um, it's my turn to be misogynistic. <laughs> but um, seriously, it, Joe, it was great. And, you know, so next week, you know, my parents are going to have a party. There's probably going to be like like last year, probably a good half dozen plus people, maybe a there. dozen people. And the little guy, he is insisting on being there, which I'm like, dude, that's great. I mean, he literally, it was this probably late game, the most fun. It's a late, well, not really a late game. It's a six o'clock start. It's an I don't give a fuck. It's a Super Bowl <laughs> and he doesn't have to go. No, 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 no. No, I'm not saying like, don't keep him up late. I'm oh, right. saying that like, you're comparing a three o'clock start to a six o'clock oh, start. Oh, no, he's, there's been more than once I've like been lost in whatever I'm doing. It's like, it's two in the morning. What are you doing up? My Legos. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Joe. Yes. What's your uh, prediction? I'm going way? the other direction. This this will be awful till the end of the third quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter. I'm going to be saying horrible things. I'm going to be me. I'm just, it's not going to be pleasant to be around me. Uh, it's going to be awful. Something goes down the end of the third quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter, and the Eagles and Nick Folds becomes the backup quarterback. Their coach is going to become, you know, there's been a couple games this season that if there was 10 decisions to be made, nine and a half of them were wrong at the wrong time. I'm actually going to say it is 34 to 17 
and their last touchdown is kind of in garbage time. With with it's probably just around, just before, just after the two minute warning. They're then onside kick that will be you know recovered. Um, and just for verification purposes, the thirty four points belong to whom? The New England Patriots. Okay, the great. Team just, in I had, there was no notary present, so I have to make sure that we have it on recording. I'm going one step above that. I'm saying <laughs> Brady, who yes. Is becoming an insufferable douchebag. This week released the first episode on his Facebook. There's a Facebook watch channel. Tim Tom uh, first time. It's a six part series. More the rest is being released this week. Um, Insufferable, insufferable. But then again, Belichick has a documentary coming out this week too between him and Bill Parcells called The Two Bills. You strike while the iron's hot. Anyways, with all that said. Acknowledging that the cliff will get here. He will fall over that cliff. His arm will become rubber at one day. He throws for 325 yards, Hmm. no picks, three touchdown passes to three different receivers, and he runs one in. Maybe it's one of those quarterback sneaks. Maybe it's a broken play, and he's looking, he's looking, and he will bury his head and, like, lay out for one. He's, he throws three TDs. So he scores four touchdowns. One is a run-in. And, and honestly, it becomes... What? So do we have a running game in this? Uh, like, oh, yeah. Okay. But, well, but they get us to the goal but, line. But that's the thing. Or, or Right, right. Well, don't forget, he had two touchdown passes this year. One to Cooks and one to Rex Burkhead, where they're running across, and he gets the snap and the shotgun precision, and he literally tosses it one foot forward as they're running by him, and and they run eight, nine yards. Technically, it's a touchdown pass, So, but they will. The touchdown passes will be Gronkowski, Hmm. Rex Burkhead, and Chris Hogan. No Amendola? No Amendola. Amendola will have five third down catches. Okay. A Brady touchdown and probably, you know, well, that rounds it out, a couple field goals. You know? You got got 28. So that's 28 and two field goals. Okay. Yep. And the Eagles score on their last possession to make it a respectable game. So it'll be 34-10 at some point, and then there'll be a 34-17. And... I'm going to say 1,214 arrests in Philadelphia, and that's just the women. All right, now, the over and under on black people in the crowd. I'm going to say 20. <laughs> no, no, because it's not It's not all Minnesota. It's corporate, so it's not it, just Minnesota. Yeah, fans. 20. <laughs> Have you seen a Patriots game? Like on television, yeah, awful lot of honkies. Awful Have you lot of honkies. Seen the Phillies game? Phillies fans are a little bit more diverse, right. a little bit more diverse. But for the most part, NFL games are very uh, unattainable for some reason for a, 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 a non-white audience. The, right? Yeah. No. It it is. It is uh, no. It's funny because it's the Patriots. Again, yeah, and uh, and Philly, um, the ticket prices have come down quite. Had it been the Vikings, uh, but ticket brokers are lamenting that the 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 prices are hovering around two thousand. They always go up. They're never going to come down. I mean, just like you know, yeah, like stamps, Joe. Right. Once the price of stamps go up, oh yeah, and they have gone up recently. So, I guess so, I don't know. I don't use stamps much. Yeah. Do you? You know. That's another sideshow, but yeah. okay. So I make no apologies for this being an all Super Bowl, mostly Patriots uh, sideshow. Again, Joe's calling a thirty to twenty-four Patriot victory, and the Patriots scoring. Is it the last possession, or do they score and have to kick off to the Eagles, or or? But for my score, my thirty yeah, twenty-four. Yeah, or, or is that clock running down? That's they an score overtime. Score. That's an over. Oh. No, I'm just joking. Fuck that. No way. We're not. I can't. My heart can't take. My doctor said no more <laughs> overtime Super Bowls for the Patriots. Okay. Uh, no, that's just a. Uh, you know, it's going to be a come from behind win. It'll be like twenty-four. You know, twenty-four twenty, and then um, yeah. Okay. Then, uh, then go go blue. I got it. No, go white. <laughs> go white. Because they are 3-0 wearing the white jerseys uh, in the Belichick era of Super Bowls. Mm. They lost wearing the white jerseys in a Super Bowl previous, but in the Bill Belichick era, they are 3-0 and where they are 2-2 and in the blue. 
It'll be a fun time in the cold town of Minneapolis on Sunday. If you want to tell me that I'm full of shit and I don't know what I'm talking about, you are right. And you can tweet me at uh, the Jacques Four. Well, that's at your Twitter, personal Twitter. Or at Carnival Podcast. Yes. Or you can go to OptiGrabber. On Twitter, yeah. On that, Twitter. That, that's me. But fuck me. And then we also got uh, Carnival Podcast at Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook. You can go to Facebook.com slash Carnival Podcast and... You know, just post a comment, post a like. You know, just let us know that you exist. Uh, um, and uh, your predictions would be great. You can call eight six seven five three zero nine. Let Jenny yeah, know right. what your predictions call are. Um, and let me just get up and sit in my chair because I was kneeling the whole podcast. That's <laughs> what you don't know. <laughs> Draw your conclusions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one that, knee. Actually. With that said, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, so uh, those are the predictions. That's what's going to happen. And do not forget, they beat the Jets and became contenders. And we cheered them on. Then they beat those Miami pretenders. And the jinx was gone. Still on the down of the rounding. Say, can we go that far? Just let us stay for the record. There's no Best of the NFC. New England.